Well, I kind of feel for the scouts today. They got to listen to me twice. You guys made it through the first one. Um, if y'all want to sleep through the second, I'll forgive you. I really will. I promise. It's okay. Y'all did good this morning. Y'all stayed awake. So I'll forgive you if you fall asleep. I won't pick on you like I did the first service. Um, this is our last week in the vision series. We're talking about our sixth value. Um, and so excited to do that today. Next week, we're starting a series on altars. I think it'll be pretty neat. We'll be walking through the Bible during the season of Lent and looking at the different altars throughout Scripture and how God uses those for His glory. Um, also, I want to reemphasize what Chris said. We'd love to have you come and fast with us on Wednesdays. Um, this is a really exciting thing, I think, for us to pick a few things for us to fast and pray about. Not really church-related, but they're going to be more spiritual about things we need to pray about individually, but we want to do it collectively. And so I want you to come, and man, hey, dinner's on us. So you can't really beat that. We'll pray together in the chapel, and then we'll just all go break that fast together. So I think that's going to be a good time and really important for our church. I don't think we've done much fasting here that I know of, um, not unless it was by accident, right? So uh, excited for that. Um, but today we are uh, discussing our last value, the same day that we're honoring 100 years of Scouts, and the last value is about outreach. And I said this morning, I think it's really uh, fitting that we're talking about outreach as we're talking about the Scouts, because I don't know if there's another program in our church that's brought in as many families as the scouting program has to our church. Um, and the men and women at the top of the program I know love the Lord, love Jesus, and, and care about Jesus, and have set that um, as a top priority for the scouting program. And so um, here's our, our value number six. Wanna want to show it to you. It's uh, reaching outward, growing God's kingdom. That's the value. Uh, you've heard them all now. I think this one's incredibly important. It's not number six because it's the least important. It just happens to fall that way. But reaching outward and growing God's kingdom. And I really want us to think about what it means to be an outward-focused church. Because we're about to change history at Bunker Street. We're about to become, we've always been an outward-focused church, I think. Um, but sometimes, by, by just by default, we become more self-sustaining. We become more internally focused, especially when we go through like some division like we've been through as a church. We've gotten really internally focused. Well, it's time to change that. Um, it's time to go out. It's time to go out and help the people in this world. It's what Jesus called us to do. In fact, I don't remember Jesus ever building a building. I don't remember Jesus ever hiring staff. I don't remember Jesus ever paying staff. I don't ever remember anything about him doing a budget. I don't remember him doing a lot of stuff that we do, although I'm glad we do it. But he didn't do a lot of that. What Jesus did is he took 12 men, he went out into the world, and he started telling people about who he was. And then he got those 12 men to go out and tell another few people, and they had 72, and they had 120, and then pretty much they had 3,000, and then today we've got a ton of people who are still sharing the good name of Jesus. But in order to be a healthy church, we've got to be outward focused. It won't, a church won't thrive if it's, it's here for itself. Um, the Great Commission begins with a directive. Do you remember what it begins with, the, the word that it begins with? Matthew 28, what did it say? It says, go. It didn't say Stay. Say stay and fill up the church with as many people as you can. It didn't say even, um, it didn't just say go, go out and invite people to come and be a part. It said go. Matthew 28 says this. It says, therefore, go. Won't somebody say go? go. There you go. Y'all did it. But traditional did it pretty good this morning. I was actually surprised in traditional. It might have been because of y'all being here. I don't know. It is pretty loud. They don't usually get that fired up, but I appreciate it. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And he says, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of age. And so I want to emphasize the word go. He tells us to go out. If we're not doing that as a church, then I don't know, I don't know what we're doing. Um, 
You know, I, I really want us to be intentional about thinking about Buncombe Street as being a place that God has a new mission for. Um, he has a new people, maybe a new directive for us, somebody he wants us to reach. You know, I hear a lot of people say, we got to get Buncombe Street back to what it was. Well, I, I don't know if that's a great idea. I mean, Buncombe Street was a great place, but God has something new for us. He's always calling us to something new. And so we need to be listening. But in order to do this, we've got to humble ourselves. We've got to seek Christ. Um, we got to deeply seek him. Uh, I, like, I like the phrase, I think it's Isaiah, but, you know, it says, here I am, send me, Lord. Right? Here I am, send me. Like, where does he want to send us? Not, how do we get back to being who we were before? I'm excited um, coming up after Easter. It actually uh, begins uh, the day after Easter. We're going to enter into what we're calling 21 days of mission as a church. You may have been here, we had Mission Impact Weekend. And it was all, the whole weekend was about missions. Well, we're actually going to spend 21 days um, engaged in uh, directly with mission this year. Uh, we're going to spend some time talking about the biblical basis for mission. We're going to talk about why mission is critical to the life of the church. We're going to do some random acts of kindness, which I think are going to be fun. We're going to be going around setting up prayer stations in the city and praying for random people. We're going to learn how to share our own story and our testimony. We're going to have all of our mission partners come uh, into town. And uh, anyway, it's going to be fabulous. Day after begins the day after Easter. And by the way, on Easter, we're having four services in case anybody's asking. So we're going to have four services, which we're um, just wanted you to know that. So I look around the world and I look at people, and, and you know, the world needs Jesus desperately. Would you agree with that? Yeah. They definitely need Jesus anywhere that you go. I mean, I walk around downtown sometimes. I'm just looking around at people. I'm not judging, but I'm just saying people are trying to find their identity in all sorts of things, anywhere they can find their identity. I walk around at Walmart, <laughs> it's an interesting place, and uh, people trying to find their identity. You know, you, anywhere that you go, you at the gas station, wherever it is, people are looking for an identity, trying to figure out who they are, who they're going to follow, what they need to do, what's this life about, asking questions. Well, our job as a church is to give them the answers. You know, estimates say there's over one billion people in this world right now who don't know Jesus Christ. One billion people. One billion people. Now, it doesn't make much sense for us to sit underneath the roof and try to tell each other about Jesus when there's one billion people out there that don't know about him. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's time for us to go out and to reach the world and to reach these people. I think in order to do this as a church, we're going to have to recalibrate our thinking because we've kind of been trained to be a little self-sustaining. The church today has kind of taught us that we need to build the church as big as we can build it in its name. In other words, we want to get Bunker Street as big as Bunker Street can be, but the way to grow Bunker Street is to grow God's kingdom. And, you know, John Wesley, who was the founder of Methodism, um, he said, he had this quote, he said, maybe you know this, maybe you don't, he said, the world is my parish. Always stuck with me. He said, the world is my parish. And remember people in divinity school used to always quote that. John Wesley said, the world's my parish. And I'm like, John Wesley stole that. He stole it from Jesus. Because Jesus said, go into the world. That wasn't an original thought, right? Go into the world. So how do we do this? Well, the Bible's very clear about how we do it. It tells us in Acts 1.8, and this is our theme verse for this, um, for this value. And it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now listen to that. When will you receive power? When the Holy Spirit comes. And say before, so you've got to have the Holy Spirit. You don't want to do it without the Holy Spirit. We've got to have the Holy Spirit, folks. 
We don't want to be a Holy Spiritless church. We don't want to just talk about Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit. It might make us a little uncomfortable. But that's the third part of the Trinity. And so we've got to have the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is God living within us that Jesus promised to send to us in John 14. And he said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans, but I'm going to send a counselor to live within you so that you don't have to be alone. You never have to walk in this world alone. That's called the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, Jerusalem, Judea, and all Samaria, meaning all places. He's basically saying here, there, and everywhere is where we need to go. Now, I think we need to be really intentional about going international. I really do. I, I know, you know, it's important to do local stuff. We don't want to skip local. But, I, you know, I used, to, I used to hear a lot of people be critical about international mission work. And, and you just hear them tear it apart. Man, it just, you know, costs too much money. And, you know, you go there and you leave them and you don't really give them anything and all these things. And then I, I started learning something about people who were saying those kind of things. The people who were saying those things were the people that had never been on an international mission trip. You see, you go on a mission trip and you go somewhere outside of the country and you leave your loved ones, you might take a little bit of a risk in this world and you go and you're actually sharing your faith with people who don't know the Lord and it's very, very different than sitting around here doing the same old. It's very different. And so I would encourage you, if you've never been on an international mission trip, to sign up. I think our whole church should go on a mission trip, on an international mission trip. Every, I mean, not together. That would be bad. Um, I mean, I don't know if it would be bad. It would be awkward um, in the airport. But... Uh, we could all wear the same T-shirts. We could, anyway. Um, but anyway, I just think we should be thinking internationally. Uh, I want us to pray about planning a church. I want to say that too. I want us to pray about planning a church. I really think that we should plan a church. Um, I think our church should plan a church. You know, I always want to plan a church. I feel like the Lord laid on my heart to plan a church, um, and I've never done it. And then, you know, we're kind of doing it now <laughs> um, in some ways. But I think our church should plant a church. I mean, I feel like the Lord's kind of been saying to me, like, well, you know, maybe we can plant a church with our church. Like, why wouldn't we do that? That's what they did in the New Testament. They didn't grow churches to see how big they could get them. Instead, when they got to a certain size, they would send people out and raise them up. What if we started a church to look different than this one right here? What if we're intentional about going to a place that was a little different than downtown Greenville and the people looked a little different than most of us look? right? What if we did that? What if we went out and started just reaching people for Jesus? And what if we said, you know, we don't have to have all these plans and know exactly how we're going to do it because we're all kind of type A around here. We get really stressed about how we're going to do everything. But what if we just said, you know what, we're going to take a guitar and we're going to take a preacher and we're going to take a Bible and we're going to put them somewhere and we're going to let them start doing their thing. And then we'll see what happens when the Holy Spirit shows up. That's when the church grows. So I'm just saying, let's not rule that out. Let's think about going out and, and doing some things that require a little bit of risk, a little bit of the unknown, things that aren't as calculated. Because it, it's, it's easy when we have the answers. We feel like it's so calculated that we got it all figured out. But what if we took a little bit of risk? Nobody amen that one, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> um, I think about all the scouts here today, and I said this this morning, um, you know, I, all the adults involved in scouting and, you know, they put their heart into raising these young people uh, and, and helping these young people and pouring out time and energy into these young people. And I know it's their blessing, but it's their ministry. Um, a lot of you here have ministry. You got a ministry of basketball. You got a ministry with, with, uh, with Sunday school. You got a ministry with your small group. You might have a ministry with another organization. But you need to be praying about what ministry is God putting on your heart. What's your mission in life? What's he called you to do? You know, what's he called you to? Who's he called you to reach? Who's he called you and your family to reach? You got to ask those questions because God will put a mission on your heart. 
He'll put a people on your heart. He'll put a place on your heart. He'll put an organization on your heart. He'll, he'll, he'll put a calling on your heart. So you got to ask, like, Lord, who are you calling me to? Sometimes he'll do it when you're not expecting it. Um, in my last church, I, I, uh, it was, a, it was a mill, in a mill town, and um, I, I got a puppy. I got a golden retriever puppy. I think um, golden retrievers are the, like a slice of heaven, in my opinion. I love my, well, now we have a golden doodle. Never thought I would do that. I really never knew why anybody would do that to a golden retriever. Um, but then I got one, and like, she's awesome. So, um, yeah, never say never. So I had a golden retriever, and uh, his name was Trever. I got very creative. And, and I would take Trever, and um, when I was working the church, he'd go to work with me every day. By the way, I'm trying to get the golden doodle here. Um, but uh, I would take him with me every single day. He went every single day for nine years with me to church. And so I would take him out for potty breaks and for me to get a walk break. And I'd go out about three times a day. And so I started taking that golden retriever and I'd walk around the mill community. And I'd just walk around. There's a loop that I did. And every once in a while, I'd switch it up a little bit. It was a pretty long loop. It was about a mile. And when I did that, I'd go past all these houses. And, you know, in a mill community like that, there's a lot of retired people. There's some unemployed people. And I would go around and I would just start talking to people. And, you know, I did that for nine years. And at the end of those nine years, it was amazing how many people I met. I felt like I knew every single person in that, in that community. Um, in fact, some people came to know Jesus. I know of several of them that are actually baptized um, because of that. So you take a golden retriever, and all of a sudden you have baptism because of the Holy Spirit. You know what I'm saying? Like, God will work in ways that you never expect him to work. So I don't know what he's calling you to do, but he'll give you a mission and a purpose if you'll ask him. I don't know if I need to say this part over again, because um, I said it to all the young people, but I guess I could say it, I said it to all the scouts this morning, but I'll say it to all the, any other young people here. There's not many of you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm just playing. I see y'all out there, but um, uh, I, I, I want the young people here to hear that you have an opportunity right now. Um, let's just say you're under 20 years old, okay? Because after you get 20, man, well, let's just say when you get 21, it gets a little wilder sometimes, but... Um, if you're under 20, let me just talk to you for a minute, and let me tell you that you got an opportunity. you got an opportunity to not mess this thing up. You really do. To not mess this up, and this thing I mean by life. you got an opportunity to have Jesus with you, and Jesus will walk with you and will carry you if you will allow him. Now, it's your choice, because everybody's got the chance. Everybody's got the opportunity. You can, you can follow Jesus. You can deny Jesus. That's called free will. But I, I want to encourage you to choose Jesus and I want to encourage you to do the right thing, um, which is following the Lord. Because you've got other things you could do when you're young. Your life will, become, will get on a trajectory. I just talked to all the young people about this last week at Walk With Christ. You will start on a trajectory. Y'all remember, I wasn't very good at math or geometry and that stuff, but I mean, I just know that if you move something by a few degrees at the very beginning, the trajectory of it will be changed significantly um, when, when you get further out there. And when you're young, you can change that trajectory by who you date, um, well, I probably shouldn't go down the list in church, but you know what I'm saying. It can change. And so I want to encourage you to follow Jesus um, and to choose him and to figure out his mission for you. Last couple things I'll say. Um, the, the second part of our mission statement is, is growing God's kingdom. I want to emphasize it's growing God's kingdom. It's not growing Bunker Street's kingdom. 
okay? I know I say this like every week, but it's just something that's on my heart. I just want to make sure we all know that we're not building Buncombe Street. That's not what we're doing. Building God's kingdom, and we happen to be a church called Buncombe Street. It's not about us. It's all about him. And then that statement underneath that says, on the vision uh, slide, it says, we venture boldly to share the love of Christ with the world. We venture, venture boldly to share the love of Christ with the world. What does it look like to be bold for the gospel of Jesus? What does that look like? Well, I think the Bible warns us many times not to be timid. And I think a lot of times in today's Christianity, we can be timid because we don't want to offend anybody, right? I don't want to upset somebody. I don't know what their beliefs are. Listen, we got to be bold for the gospel of Jesus. And we included that, to venture boldly to share the love of Christ for the world. Boldly. If we can be bold, it requires some risk. Amen? Well, y'all say amen, but I don't know if you believe it. Because risk... Risk is hard. It's very hard to take risk. We don't want to take risk. We say, well, I'll take risk. But you really don't want to take risk when it actually comes time to take the risk. You have to put your family, your job, your finance, whatever else is on the line. But we want to be bold and want to take risk. And, you know, once again, it's not that we have to sit here and go, do we have all the resources, do what we need to do? No, we need to make sure that the main resource that we're following is God, our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father is the resource that we need. If we have our Heavenly Father, we can do any and everything that He calls us to. So last, uh, I just say, scouts, keep doing the great work you're doing. I told you 10 times this morning, keep doing the great work that you're doing. That was funny. One of them just winked at me and went, so y'all keep it up. Um, <laughs> and uh, church, let's keep doing the great things that God is doing in and through this place. We've got to start looking outward, not inward. And let's begin to grow God's kingdom. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I'm going to invite you. I want to invite you to pray with me. Man, I'm glad y'all are so excited today. Y'all don't hardly ever do all this clapping. Y'all got me. I'm glad y'all are excited. All right, let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Um, Father, I thank you so much that you are King of kings and Lord of lords, and I thank you, Lord, that you've called us to do something greater than ourselves. You've called us to live in and through you. And I just ask today, Lord, that you give us a direct mission and a purpose as a church to know what to do outside the walls of this place. Father, if it's plan a church, if it's go somewhere, if it's help a people, if it's all those things, I pray that you give us the clarity on how to do it. We know that we cannot do it without the work of the Holy Spirit living in and through us. And so, Lord, we need the Holy Spirit. If somebody here doesn't know the Holy Spirit or doesn't have the Holy Spirit, your word is very clear, Lord, that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, repent of our sin, and seek after you, Lord, that you will be our Father and our Savior. Your word tells us you will forgive us no matter what we've done through your shed blood on the cross, Lord. We claim that today, Lord Jesus. We thank you and we praise you, Lord. And we thank you for this church. We're able to come and to worship you and to lift up your name. We ask you to help us, Lord, through all the trials that we face. We love you and we praise you in the mighty name of Lord Jesus, our risen Savior, we pray. Amen.